Welcome to Art Life Conversations, where we talk about all things art life, from the struggles and the wins along the way, to making art, learning, and art history, to talks on business, career, and selling art. No matter where you are on your art journey, here you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and motivation as Kelly shares the real life of a working artist. And now, your host, Kelly Folsom. Hello, amazing artists. It's Kelly Folsom here. Welcome back to the Art Life Conversations podcast. I'm excited because today's topic is on oil painting for beginners crash course. I'm going to try to cover as much as I can in as short as much time for you. Um, so we're going to be covering paints, what paints to use, medium, supports, brushes, drying time, and varnishing in this podcast. All right, I totally understand how it feels to be a beginner and have so many options and to not know what to choose, uh, not know what to do, what to pick and how to get started. Um, and there are so many different um, combinations and, and uh, information. I mean, in today's time, information just abounds immensely. And so that might actually be stopping you from getting started with oil painting. And I don't want that to happen because uh, oil painting is amazing. And I think it's actually a lot easier to learn and not quite as stressful as it's sometimes thought to be. <laughs> so let's start off with paints. Okay, what do you need paint-wise to get started? And you know, maybe just some paint brand recommendations as a beginner. I would say as a beginner, starting off with a paint brand like Winsor & Newton or Gamblin is a good product as well. I'd say maybe just start with one of those two. I think both of those brands are really good. You just want to avoid the student grade materials. I know that a lot of times as a beginner, we might be thinking, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to be good at this. I don't want to invest all this money. Um, but both of those brands are incredibly affordable and they're going to be good quality products. So you do want to start off with good quality materials um, because if you start off with really crappy materials, you might actually think that oil painting sucks, you know, and it doesn't. Oil painting is phenomenal. So those two brands. And then as far as colors go to get you started, obviously you're going to need a white I would recommend, um, you know, of course, titanium white is the go-to. I prefer titanium zinc white um, because it does uh, dry faster and it also does not kill the color as much as pure titanium white, which is very cold, very opaque, very chalk, makes colors very chalky very quickly. Okay, um, you also, I would say just starting off with the three primaries, okay? If you wanna start off bare bones, so um, a red, right? So it could even be like a permanent red. Um, my go-to is CAD red light, cadmium red light. I would say CAD for short, but it means cadmium red light. Um, starting off with the blue, uh, my, my favorite is ultramarine blue. Um, I just think that's a really good workhorse blue to start with. And then a yellow, so like a cadmium yellow medium. Um, and if the cadmiums are expensive, by the way, but they have such a strong 
Tenting strength, one tube is going to last you for months and months, okay? So you also, unless you're going to try to paint huge paintings, which I don't recommend as a beginner, <laughs> it's like a common beginner mistake is like going massive right away. Um, you don't need a ton of paint to get going. So definitely start with those three primaries. Um, you're going to hear a lot about don't use black or earth tones. Now, how I paint and how I teach, I really have to use black and earth tones. There's just no substitute for black. So I like ivory black. Raw umber is the one umber I would pick. And then out of the burnt umber and raw umber, because raw umber is more neutral. Um, the other colors that I love are to use our alizarin crimson. No, I do not get the permanent alizarin crimson. I think that it sucks. The color looks different. Um, and no, I'm not worried about it blackening <laughs> and cracking. Okay, because it doesn't. Uh, yellow ochre would be my next um, color of cho choice to add to my palette. So it's a very basic palette. And also, if you if you want further instruction and further help on this, I do have a complimentary course that you can have for free. It's called Oil Painter, Oil Painting for Beginners. And there's several videos and material lists and all of that in there for you. Okay, so medium. Medium really throws everybody for a loop. It definitely threw me for a loop in the beginning. I didn't know what it was for. I didn't know how much to use. I didn't know what kind of medium to get. And so the medium that I got given first off was just like a traditional medium. It was a mixture of most traditional mediums are a mixture of uh, mineral spirits and um, some kind of oil, like a linseed oil or stand oil or something like that. And sometimes they have a varnish in them. Um, but that's like a traditional medium that most um, oil painting classes will, you know, give you on your material list. Now, I found over time that my preference was to use a speed drying medium. And so this speeds the drying of the oil paint up, which I like because I prefer to paint more wet into wet, a la prima style. Um, and I like that paint to set up a bit quicker, right? And I also just like my paintings to dry faster so I can varnish them faster photograph them faster. Also the benefit of a speed drying medium, which I think is the best option. Uh, the benefit of that is that you do not have to worry so much about fat over lean, right? I know that's another big um, thing that, you know, beginners will often think, oh, but you know, if I, I have to do fat over lean and what does that mean? And how do I do that? And then how do, how long do I have to wait for the oil paint to dry before I do the next layer and all that kind of stuff. So a speed drying medium, I think, is just the easiest solution. Um, there's so many on the market. You know, Liquid Light Gel from Windsor & Newton is probably one of my favorite on the market. Um, uh, Gamblin, again, Gamblin's Neomegulp. Also, if you don't want any solvents, Gamblin's Solvent Free Gel is another good option. I use um, <laughs> probably the most toxic, you know, media, quote unquote toxic medium you can get your hands on because it's formulated from the old, what the old masters used, and that is uh, Marage, right? So that's, um, and it has varnish in it, and it does have a really strong odor, and it is expensive. So as a beginner, I would probably not recommend um, you using Marage. Okay. Um, supports, meaning your, your surface that you're going to work on. Um, 
you know, my preference is oil primed linen or a panel. And again, if you want my full supply list, definitely go to the link and, you know, register for the oil painting for beginners. Um, so I love Jack Richardson makes a really nice hardboard gesso board. They're excellent. And um, I, they even have like pre-toned and I love that. And also Ampersand's uh, museum series gesso board. You can't really cheap out on this one because their other um, gesso boards are so slick and slippery. So when you're looking for a gesso board, you are going to have to invest in a good quality one. Um, for oil prime linen, I would say a really good affordable one that you can get is from Centurion. Centurion oil primed linen. Now you can get those, they're, they're on boards, you can get them as loose canvas and stretch them themselves, yourself or pre-stretch, you can stretch your own or get them pre-stretch. Um, if you uh, do not want to invest in oil prime linen, which I know as a beginner, you might be like, ah, but again, here's the thing, when you start out with low quality materials as a beginner, it makes that, it makes your results worse and it makes the learning process even harder. Um, so I would recommend, you know, getting the best, um, the best support that you can afford, right, getting to get started. Okay, um, let's talk about brushes. So there's a number of different kinds of brushes, different shapes. For still life painting, I, my preference is filberts, okay. Um, there's, my next preference would be flats. Um, I use flats more for landscape uh, painting and plein air painting, and especially if there's any kind of architectural elements that you maybe need a straighter edge for, I think flats are the best way to go. Again, this is one thing that you really don't want to cheap, cheap out on, okay, um, and make sure that you get a good quality brush. So what makes a brush a good quality? In my opinion, uh, with filberts especially, you want to be looking for interlocking bristles, okay? Make sure that it says that. Two brands that I'm really a fan of that you can um, purchase would be um, Silver Grand Prix by Silver Brush, uh, Robert Simmons Signet Brushes. These are natural hog hair brushes. These brushes are gonna hold the most paint and also lay down the most paint. Um, especially if you're wanting to um, learn how to paint more painterly, the, these are the types of brushes that I would recommend. Then you have synthetic brushes um, on the market as well. Um, I do think that um, Silver Brush makes a really excellent synthetic brush um, called Ruby Satin. And I do use synthetic flats. Uh, Treckle also makes some really good uh, synthetic brushes as well. I like to use a synthetic flat in, in my work towards the finish to kind of smooth some areas out, smooth some brush strokes out where I don't want brush strokes, okay? Um, drying time. So again, the drying time is really going to depend on all the factors of the materials that you've already chosen. What kind of medium are you using? If you're not using a speed drying medium, it's going to make the painting take quite a bit longer to dry. If you're painting with titanium white, titanium white, white is a very slow dryer. A lot of times for me, when I am using titanium white, which I rarely use, um, maybe I might be using it if I'm doing a high key background in a still life or if I'm painting um, plein air or just doing something that's much lighter in value. 
Um, but I tend to go for an alkyd, you know, the Griffin, I like the Griffin titanium um, alkyd because it just dries so fast. Um, so different pigments dry at different rates of speed. Cadmiums are slower dryers, alizarin crimson, is a much slower dryer. And then other pigments dry very quickly, like raw umber is probably the fastest drying pigment um, that would be on my palette, right? So it really does depend on that. It also depends on how thinly or thickly you're painting. If you're painting super thick, you know, then those pigments are gonna take longer to dry. The environment plays a role, you know? So um, this is where some of that complexity comes in. If you live, live in a really dry climate like I do in Colorado or say Arizona, um, especially in Arizona where it's warm and dry, your paintings are probably going to dry faster. Um, if you live in a very cold, uh, damp climate like in the Northeast or Northwest, your paintings are probably going to dry a little bit slower, right? And again, this is, we're just talking little, kind of little differences. I think um, you know, for me, like the white that I use is a lead white, is a called a flake white or cremnitz white, and that white dries very quickly in comparison to titanium white. White is typically your thickest paint that is on the canvas um, whenever you're oil painting. Uh, usually the darks are painted thinner and the, the lights and the whites are painted thicker, right? Because dark recedes, light comes forward. So um, really, usually it's the white that you're waiting on to dry, like maybe the white in a highlight or a thick piece of white that got applied in a landscape. So the drying time can really vary. With my combination of materials that I use, my drying time would be pretty much around a week, you know, maybe two weeks at the most, at the maximum. Um, your surface also can play a role in, in how fast or how slow things dry. Okay, so that brings us to varnishing, right? Because a lot of times people are concerned about when to varnish um, because they've heard the six month, six month rule and they don't know when their painting is gonna be dry in order to varnish. So first of all, why do we varnish? You know, varnishing, um, you know, one thing that happens with uh, oils is um, a sinking back, you know, so like you might come in, especially if you're working on a really dry acrylic primed canvas, <laughs> that's going to make all the sinking back even worse. So the way that I paint with my combination of materials, I rarely get my darks looking chalky or sunken. Um, you know, pretty much all my colors and values look, look as they did wet when they're dry. Okay, so a varnish, uh, however, if you're you're having that situation where um, things have dried kind of chalky looking or kind of soapy looking sometimes in the darks when they've sunk, sunken in or maybe colors have sunk in, um, depending on what combination of surfaces you're using, um, that's something that varnish can do. Varnish can bring back the luster, the color, the shine, if you want shine, I feel like gloss varnish works better on the kind of paintings that I do, which are, you know, more about, you know, that kind of old world luminosity. But if you're painting more, say, in an impressionistic style, uh, more, more high key, more bright colors, you might not want to use a gloss varnish. Um, so you might want to go more for a matte varnish or a satin varnish in that case. So it will really kind of depend on what kind of paintings you're creating as to what kind of varnish you choose. 
Um, and, and I will tell you, talk more about drying time. So while we're on the varnish, you know, it's really used to like seal the surface, protect it, really protect the painting from, from damage, from UV damage. Um, also just from dust and dirt, you know, you can always clean the varnish um, if your painting is starting to collect dust and dirt and things like that. So the varnish really does bring back like the luster and shine and color of any of those paints that have sunk in. And it also protects the painting as well. Um, and so the varnish that is my preference is the Windsor and Newton varnish. And I specifically use the Artist Gloss varnish. Now this does have a very strong odor. Um, so you do want to do it outside or, or in somewhere where it's really good ventilation. You don't really want to do it indoors because it has a really strong smell to it. <laughs> um, another option might be Gamblin's Gamvar. If you don't want an odor, I will tell you, um, I ran into so many issues with um, Gamblin's Gamvar. And so it was just too much of a hassle for me with, with shipping paintings and, and problems that were happening with the varnish resisting on the painting. So I just got sick and tired of it and just permanently switched to Windsor and Newton varnish instead. So how do you have to wait six months for that painting to dry? Okay, I think when that information got said, it's like basically accounting for the most bizarre you know, worst case scenario, like maybe um, using no speed drying, maybe using a ton of oil, maybe using thick, thick paint, you know, I don't know. I don't know how they came up with six months in that book. Um, I think it's absolutely absurd, but, you know, I have a feeling that they were trying to account for kind of the worst case scenario. Right. So, yeah, if you are applying oil paint pure out of the tube with a trowel, you know, and it's like inches thick. OK, maybe you might have to wait six months. I don't know. Um, I have never, ever, ever had to wait six months for a painting to dry even before I was using a speed drying medium. So you just want to test. I would say, like I say, with my process, they are dry within about a week. Um, maybe two weeks maximum, you know, at most for me and dry enough to where I can varnish. The thing that that people are con conscientious of is sometimes the paint might appear to be dry on the outer surface, but some underneath layers are still kind of, you know, drying out. So that oil is still drying. So oil does take longer to dry, obviously, than water, <laughs> a water binder. Um, so it, that's the main concern is sometimes on the outer appearance, it might look dry, but then maybe there's still a slow drying pigment that might still be a little wet underneath the, the skin that has cured. For example, like on a highlight, you might have a skin that's cured on a highlight and it might look dry, but under the surface that paint is still wet. And so if you go to varnish it with a brush, then you might ruin you know, that highlight. You might ruin that, that part of the painting. Um, and ruin is a very strong word. You know, I've I've actually made that mistake in times past, thinking that something was dry and wanting to varnish it uh, quickly. And um, I've had those those mistakes happen. So it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Pretty much, almost anything can be 
course corrected, right? Like you can you can remove varnish, um, you can fix that highlight if it got messed up, wait for it to dry and then re-varnish it again later. Um, there's always a, a workaround. So it's not quite as dramatic and drastic as I think some people try to make it out to be, in my humble opinion. Okay, um, to try to test to see if those highlights are dry, you can simply like kind of put your fingernail in the highlight just a little bit or something <clears throat> something that's very small and, and a little bit sharp just to kind of test and see if that paint underneath is still wet. You know, I think if you're really trying to be safe, you know, maybe waiting a month, um, maybe two months, maximum <laughs> to varnish if I'm really going to be super generous about varnishing. Um, so, but six months, I think is just ridiculous unless you're just doing something outrageous in, in your combination of materials that I really have never seen any artist do. Um, okay. So I think that that is it. I hope that this has been helpful um, to all of you. Uh, one last thing I guess I'll say about varnishing is you do just want to make sure that it's in a environment where like a lot, not like a lot of dirt or cat hair or things like that are going to get into it while it's wet. Um, you do want to make sure it's on a very level surface and thinner layers are better. I usually do two layers of varnish. Um, thinner layers are better. Otherwise you can get like a pulling of varnish, like where it pulls up in a little puddle, especially if it's an, on an uneven, unlevel surface. Um, yeah, and so so that would be my recommendation on, you know, finishing and varnishing the painting. All right, so I hope this has been helpful to you. Again, if you want more and more in-depth instruction, go to uh, the free course that I have available for you at Oil Painting. It's Oil Painting for Beginners, and that's on Art Life with Kelly, with an I, dot com. You can grab that for free. I think there's like five or six videos that go over different topics for uh, beginning artists. All right. All right, everybody. Much love. Happy New Year. Wishing you all happy creating and bye for now.